welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go! Hey, yo! Hey. Woo, woo, woo. Here we comes. Y'all ready? I don't think y'all ready! Huh? Huh? Jeff Key coming at you, the over-circumcised Jew. Travel the world telling jokes, eating eggs with no fucking yolks. Low-cal, so-cal, he pulls out the knife and he strips your gal. This is his podcast, maybe this one will last. Probably not the one that he's got. He's only had minor success. That's why he brought ND to the M to the X. He's finally about to blow. Welcome to the Jeff Key Show. Jeffrey. All right, everybody. Let's recap what happened at my show last night. I am at Pachanga. Resort and Casino, all this weekend, Thursday through Sunday, but I'm going to release this today. Today's Friday. I uh, did the show last night, and uh, first time I've been working for these bookers, the people at Pachanga. Uh, they do not book their comedy club here. It's booked by a different booking agency. First time I work with them, and a lot of people I'm sure don't know this. You're not a comedian. You uh, Certain bookers are, you know, everyone's different. It's kind of one of the harder things about uh, being a comedian is that you have to you have to work with a bunch of different people. You know, you work with uh, you get in with these people. Oh, they love you, but then you know these thousand bookers have no idea who you are. Then you get in with these five bookers and they like you, and then these other ones don't know who you are. So you have to keep working. You don't have like one boss basically, right? Normal jobs, I guess you have one boss or a couple bosses. They like you. They know you do a good job. Everybody likes you. You can just do a good job, and then you're good, right? I don't know. Never really, uh, never really had the office experience too much, except for when I was writing on a TV show, and that was, whoo, that was weird. Never have I seen uh, the real office dynamics, the people that uh, you know well, and then you see them in a, in a, I guess, business setting, and they're like, whoa, you're a huge phony kiss ass to the boss. Oh my god, you keel over laughing at horrible jokes just because you want to get ahead. Anyways. That's why I don't fit in. I don't fit in anywhere. Uh, so I want this podcast to hopefully take off someday. So uh, before I get into what happened last night, again, if you could tell your friends, uh, obviously this is going to be you know, a little groundswell of a start, but uh, if you could tell your friends, just go to the GK show, rate it five stars. It really helps out, and uh, hopefully you guys like the first little teaser episode. They're all going to be different. I'm going to sometimes do, you know, just the monologue. Sometimes I'll talk uh, about things going on and I'll have guests on. I'm going to start having a lot of guests on. I've been recording some interviews. I'll release those. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, I'm horrible at social media. Let's talk about this first. And I'll talk about my show last night. I am so bad at social media. Uh, some people are great at it. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm jealous. Some people know how to work social media. This is how bad I am at social media. I've been a comedian for 
15 and a half years, 15, 16 years, something like that, right? And uh, I've had I've had some success. I've had been on TV shows, uh, you know, here and there. I've toured all over the country. I've been I've done stand up in I think five other countries. Um, I've always been working since I started making my living at being a comedian. I've never stopped. So I'm fortunate, right? My social media game sucks. So I will. I've been on TV shows that air all over the world, right? And I'll just to give you uh, my Instagram has what do I have on Instagram like two thousand seven hundred and like eighty or something people. I've been right around that number like forever. I don't. I don't. That number is always stays the same. It doesn't matter. I could do uh, you know anything, and then it's just like I'll get like oh, I'll get like fifteen new followers on Instagram, and. Uh, and then it just the number just eventually just comes right back down to like two set two thousand seven hundred eighty or something, and uh, I I can't stand social media. I wish that it was uh, I probably I can't stand it because I stink at it. That's what people who whine about social media like me. It's because we stink at it. Um, the stuff I've been trying to put up like funny clips, like make little videos with voiceover stuff and old clips of my standup or whatever to see if anything kind of catches. I'm doing some like picture roast things that I think were funny. And the thing that uh, thing that stinks is like the people who do see it are like oh this is so funny i get messages like oh this is great this is the best it's like god just tag people please i guess that's the only way is to tag your friends if you like something but maybe the stuff i'm posting you don't want to let people know you like i don't know i don't know what it is but uh so this is what's so funny about that i'll see you know sometimes i'm bored you know if i'm traveling or something and i'm on i saw look at instagram and be like oh, okay oh people look let's see who liked this you know and then I'll click on some of the people who like what I post, right? And it's like almost everybody's got more followers than me. And I'm like, oh, what do they do? I clicked on one the other day. I'm like, oh, who's this? You know, I can't even see. Couldn't tell by the name if it was like a man or a woman or whatever. And I'm like, oh, who's this person? Uh, click on it. It's, uh, she has, it was a woman. She had 14,500 followers, right? Way more than I have. And uh, I'm like, oh, like, I wonder who she is. is she a musician? Is she a, an actress? Is she a, you know, does she have a popular blog? I don't know what it is. No, just her bio. Hey, I'm a, you know, whatever her name was. I'm Shelly, mother to Jaden and Sasha or whatever. That's it. Just a mom. Just a mom who fucking is killing it on social media. Well, I just sit there. I have no idea what I'm doing. So... I just had to laugh at that, that I'm just, you know, I've been a professional entertainer for all these years. And this lady's like, raising two kids, follow me online. And everyone's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm sure she's a great lady, and I appreciate her liking uh, my my uh, my stuff. I've also seen some people who like my stuff, uh, some American Idol contestants and stuff like that, who I don't, I've never met these people, so try and get those people on, you know, for some interviews. I'll have, I have a lot of friends, obviously, in the business that you guys will be interested to uh, you know, those will be fun interviews and producers and actors and comedians and actresses and authors and all that. But, uh, I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hit up some of these people who like my stuff on, uh, online and see if, uh, see if they want to come on and chat about what they do. I gotta, I gotta figure out who that housewife was to see, like get her on the pod. She's probably the most interesting person I've ever met. Uh, so anyways, last night at my show, this is what happens. Um, 
So Pachanga does not book. By the way, if anyone is listening to this and you live out near Temecula in California, anywhere in Southern California, tonight, Friday shows are at 7.30 and 9.30 and Saturday, 7.30 and 9.30 and Sunday at 7.30. So it's a really cool room. Uh, so last night show, not a lot of people in the audience, um, you know, there was, but they were fun. They were a good crowd. Here, here's the best part, guys. I'm the headliner, right? So a show usually has a host. And then a middle act, or they call it middle or feature act. And they, you know, the host does like 10 to 15 minutes usually. The middle act does anywhere from 20, 25, 30, sometimes depending on the, the club uh, and who the middle is. And then the headliner. Headliner does usually 45, 50, hour, something like that. So nobody shows up. <laughs> nobody shows up to do the show with me uh no openers and so i and this is my first time at this club so like i said the people who work inside they don't book it right so they it's not their fault at all or anything i mean it's probably no one's fault and um so they're wondering where like the the main opener the middle act is and they're talking i guess on thursdays they don't have a host so so last night it was just going to be uh uh the the middle act was going to open the show and then i would go up right so they're all like, well, I wonder where, I wonder if maybe he didn't think it was his week. They start going back and forth, like wondering what could happen, what, what, you know, where this guy is. And they're like, oh, maybe he didn't, uh, maybe he didn't know that this was, uh, his week. And then it was like, oh, maybe he didn't get the email. Oh, maybe, maybe he's this, maybe, maybe he's that every, everything was, uh, that this guy messed up. Right. And then I just go, Hey, maybe God forbid something bad happened to the guy. <laughs> Like, are we even thinking about that? And they just started laughing. I go, every scenario you guys are coming up with, this guy's an inconsiderate jerk. Maybe the guy, uh, you know, bleeding out somewhere, wishing he was on stage opening this show. But uh, I don't know what happened. Hopefully that did, that's not what happened. I just think that's funny that everybody always leaps to, this guy's fucking us over, so he must, he must have screwed us somehow. But, uh, you know, maybe the guy got in a car accident or something. Hopefully not. I'm sure that's not what happened. I'm sure, they're probably right. I'm sure the guy just you know, forgot or got the wrong, whatever, who cares? Anyway, well, not who cares if he's, if he's hurt, that's bad. But anyways, I just think it's funny how people always leap to, Hey, we're in a jam. So let's, let's put it on this guy. So anyways, my point is I, uh, I said, Hey guys, you want me to just do the whole show? And they don't, the thing is I get it. Like they've never met me. So like, can you do that? Can you do an hour and a half? And I'm like, yeah, guys, I've been doing this a long time. I could do an hour and a half. And then they're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then as it, as it turned out, you know, it turned out, as it went longer and longer, this guy's not showing up. It was finally like, all right, hey, I think you're just going to have to do the whole show. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're geniuses for thinking of that idea that I brought up 15 minutes ago. So I went up and just did the whole show. No opener. I'm used to it. I did a lot of, I've done a lot of weird gigs in my life where, you know, it's funny. Some people don't even know how to react if they don't have an opener. But um, I was like, yeah, I'll just go up. I go, we'll have a good time. It'll be fine. Watch. And then it was a great show. The audience was, uh, like I said, not a huge crowd, probably like 30 people. And and the thing, that, the thing is they were sat all over the room. The room's nice. The room's really nice. Pachanga's a great casino, great resort. And uh, the room is really cool. And when it's packed, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. But uh, it's just when when there's not a big crowd and they're just all in like oh you people are all the way to the right and you people are all the way to the left and you people are in back and you people so like there's not it's you know laughter is contagious and everything so it's hard to like build momentum but they were fun they were a great group and i really liked them so i appreciate them coming out and like i say at the end of all my shows uh, i appreciate every crowd i get to perform in front of because uh, it really is a blessing and uh, that's why I appreciate anyone listening to this podcast, and I hope you tell your friends. 
Uh, I'm going to try and crank out as many of these as possible. Let's get to another thing. What else did I do? Last week, my wife bought me a Disneyland pass a while ago so I can go to Disneyland. She, she has a pass, and she goes, takes my daughter all the time, my son sometimes. My son's still uh, pretty little, but my daughter loves Disneyland. My daughter is growing up very spoiled. This girl thinks she has all her grandparents in Southern California where we live, so you know, my wife's uh, parents take her places, my parents, you know, get to, like, she gets everything, right, and, uh, but sometimes we'll just be driving on the freeway, and my daughter will say, Disneyland, Disneyland, (laughs) and sometimes she's right, we are going to Disneyland, but, uh, so anyways, my wife gets me to Disneyland, uh, pass, and so we can go, and she, I guess, you know, there's blackout dates or whatever, so she's like, hey, let's go to Disneyland, just you and me, you know, we'll go to California Adventure, just you and me, uh, before the pass blacks out for the holidays. And I was like, all right, you know, sounds good. I have a birthday coming up on the 19th, so it is about time we start doing stuff that my wife wants to do. <laughs> uh, so we uh, we go to Disneyland, and you get a parking, you know, you park there. It's not cheap or whatever. But I look on the back of the thing, the parking ticket, it says, missing ticket pays $48. $48? I told my wife, I will bust through the gate and take my chances in court. You know what I mean? If I'm if I lost my ticket, I'll just plow through that little drop bar thing. Come find me. You know what I mean? I'm sure the the spending a night in jail is cheaper than forty eight dollars. Just an exaggeration. Just joking, guys. Obviously, you just got to make sure you put that ticket in a zipper pocket. And uh, another thing I realized, you know, my wife uh, she's still breastfeeding, so. She doesn't. Uh, she's not. She doesn't have have the chance to really ever, you know, kick her feet up and have a few. You know what I mean? Have a few drinks. She'll have like every now and then, right after she puts uh, Levi to sleep or something. She'll have like a beer, like a Corona. But that's it. And I'm always like, you want another? Hoping that you know I could get something started. And uh, she's like, nah, just because ha- can't have another. So she won't drink any hard alcohol right now and everything. She's very responsible. She's a great mom. All right. She's the yang to my yin. The yin to my yang? I don't know. She balances out all my bad stuff, I guess. All my bad tendencies. So uh, my point is she had a few. at uh, We were at California Adventure where they serve alcohol. And uh, she was like, yeah, she was having more than once. I'm like, oh, this is great. We're having a great time. Let me tell you something, guys. I don't like uh, my buddy Ian, who I have my other podcast with, the E&G podcast. He used to go to Disneyland all the time when he lived out here with his now wife. And he was always like, how, how do you not like Disneyland? I'm like, dude, I can't stand crowds. Don't like them. I used to go to Magic Mountain Six Flags when I lived in Burbank. I would go there. I'd get a pass. First of all, a pass to go there is like 65 bucks instead of whatever it is at Disneyland, like 100 and something or 200, whatever it is at Disneyland is. And uh, and and you just go during the week and like no one's there. You bring a little weed in, you know what I mean. Do whatever you want. They don't care. There's, there's no. Uh, it's not Disneyland. So you can get on the rides really quick. Some of the rides look like they haven't been. Uh, no one's done any maintenance on them in a few years. So it's extra scary because you're high and you're like, is this, am I gonna die? Am I gonna die right now? It's just it's more of a thrill ride. You know what I mean? Uh, so I like the I like the rides better at Six Flags too. And Ian would always give me crap. And, uh, dude, the lines at Disneyland, California Adventure even, we didn't even go over the Disneyland side. It must have been crazy. Drinking beer is fun. I like drinking beer. I like having some drinks. Drinking with my wife was extra fun because she doesn't really drink very often, like I said. But then you just stand in line for for how long? I mean, like, you're in line for an hour. You're one line. We did two rides. We did one line. took us an hour and 15 minutes. 
The other one took us 55 minutes. And the one that took us 55 minutes was the ride, if you guys know California Metro's ride, Cars. Very fun ride. But Christy said, my wife Christy, she said, oh, let's go on the single rider line because the main line's a 95-minute wait. And single rider says it's like 50. Turned out to be like 55. And I said, well, okay, cool. You know, I'm just following her. And then while we're in line, I go, what does this mean? She goes, it means we're not going to ride together. I'm like, oh, okay. So I just ended up riding with some guy and his son. And his son, by the way, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't know what's going on. It's just weird. I'm just sitting there like some creep next to this kid and his dad. And this the kid was, how old is this kid? He was, okay, my daughter's two and a half. He's way bigger than my daughter. This kid looked like he was eight, right? I'd say around eight. I could be wrong. It could have been seven, could have been nine. I think eight is a pretty good guess on this kid. He's sucking his thumb and looking at me like a baby. How awkward is that? This kid is somewhere around eight, okay? He he wasn't six. I don't think this kid was six. I'll give him six at the very bottom. But I'm saying he's at least seven or eight, maybe nine. And he is sucking his thumb, whole thumb in the mouth, just staring at me like a baby does. Like it's like, oh, what is that? Like I'm getting I'm getting to know the world, right? So I just sat, I didn't know what to do because like I'm a parent. I'm like, I don't, what do I like, you know, hey, buddy. So I just, I think I said like, what up, dude? And then like he just stared at me so with his thumb in his mouth. So I was like, all right. And I just looked forward, put my hands in my lap. I wanted my hands to be visible. I got like very weird right away. I'm like, oh, I don't want this dad to think I'm doing something weird because his kid's weird. So here are my hands in my lap. I'm looking straight forward. Not going to do anything with your kid. Like I felt like this kid was so creepy. He made me feel like I was creepy towards kids. So, great ride though, cars. And then we went on uh, what used to be the Halloween Haunted Hollywood Hotel or something. And I guess now it's Guardians of the Galaxy. They changed it. Fun ride. I've been on that one when it was the Haunted uh, Hotel thing. So, anyways, that's that. Um, I did this. I worked out some new bit last night. I think was pretty good on stage too. Is uh, you know because I'm Jewish and my wife is Catholic, so we, you know. We celebrate both holidays, obviously. Uh, and so I told the audience last night, you know, this, this is why I like those small crowds on Thursday and stuff. You kind of riff, you know, and then you can figure stuff out. And uh, I'm working on this bit about how um, it's kind of funny because uh, I've got two kids, right? And we celebrate all the holidays. So it's like we just celebrated Hanukkah. I bought my kids Hanukkah presents. Like, hey, this is from daddy. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah from dad. And then Christmas rolls around. And Santa gets the kids all the gifts. So I was like, hey, kids, what's going on? Mom's not buying you shit? Huh? Daddy and Santa are hooking it up. Mom's just always thinking about herself over there. Can't even get you guys anything. Man, that's real nice of Santa to get you all these gifts for Christmas. Daddy got you Hanukkah. Right? So anyways, you get it. That's that's the... So it's a new, new bit I'm working on. Um... Also, I started talking again. I started when I was first doing stand-up. I would, I had some, I talked about it, but I think now that I know how to do stand-up, obviously way better than I used to. Um, it, was, it was a lot smoother and it was funnier the way I, I talked about how I knew when I was a kid, I was like one of the only Jewish kids. And uh, I remember coming home when I was little and I, and all these kids were talking about Santa Claus and they're all so pumped about it. And I would ask my parents, I'm like, who's Santa Claus? Like all the other kids are so jazzed about this. And, um, uh, and my parents were like, oh, Santa Claus, you know, it's like their religion and they, they believe this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, is he real? And they're like, he's not real. And I'm like, Dude, are they going to think he's real forever? And they're like, no, no, no. Like, they'll find out. But my parents told me, my parents are good people. They told me, like, don't mess it up for the other kids. 
you know, like pretty much everyone at my school was, you know, Christian, Catholic, whatever, Baptist, Lutheran, whatever. So, uh, they said, don't mess it up for them. It's their holiday. So don't mess it up. You know, like, don't, it's not your job to tell them that Santa is not real. So I was like, all right. So I just, years would go by and I would just, these kids were just so pumped about Santa. And I'm like, man, like, what is this going to be like when they find out? And then I think like every school, uh, you know, at some point, somebody's older brother or something ruins it, tells him Santa's not real. He comes to school the next day, tells everybody, guess what? My older brother Darren told me Santa's not real. And then like, everyone's like, what? And then there's some other kid who's keeping it a secret. Like, yeah. My older brother, Brandon, told me that two weeks ago. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, all the kids had, like, this meltdown. I remember it was, like, the saddest day at school because everybody was sad. All my friends were sad. And then they were like, Jeff, why aren't you sad? And I'm like, oh, I'm Jewish. I knew the whole time, you know. I knew that Santa was, like, not real. And they're like, and you didn't say anything? And then they were, like, mad at me. And I'm like, look, guys, we already got enough against the Jews here. I don't need me ruining Santa Claus for you to be you know, strike number 10,001. So, uh, anyways, I like it all. It's pretty fun. Um, what do you guys think? I want to know from you guys, what do you guys think? And obviously in the show notes, yeah, there's the, the email for this show. Always you can email me there or on social media. It's just my name, Jeff Keith, G E O F F K E I T H. I think you guys know if you're listening to this at this point, but, uh, in the show notes, you can email me the Jeff Keith show at Gmail, uh, get a hold of me if you want. Um, what do you guys think about pictures with Santa and crying? My wife, my daughter cried when she was a baby. Then she, so she was six months old, probably almost six months old when she first met Santa at the mall. And then she was like a year and a half basically. And now she's two and a half. And the first two years she cried. Like she did not like being on Santa's lap. And my wife thinks it's like funny because it's like the picture's funny, I guess, because you know, the little kid's crying and Santa's, you know, just being Santa I think it looks, I think it's sad. I think it's so sad. Like my little daughter's crying. And then this year, my son, who's not a big crier, my son does not cry that much at all. Uh, my daughter's very kind of like whiny and crying, like cries a lot since she was very, very little, like since she was an infant, uh, newborn and all that. So uh, this year we were wondering what Leia, my daughter was going to do. And she just sat there like one of those evil little kids in a horror movie, just with like no expression. <laughs> it was That was pretty funny to me because she wasn't, you know, smiling, she wasn't crying, but she was just like, I am, <laughs> I am a crazy little kid with no expression. But Levi started to cry a little bit. But anyways, my wife was like, oh, I wish Leia would have cried at least. That way it was a funny picture. And I'm just like, dude, Levi's crying. I do not like this. He's, he's crying and it, like they cry and they look at you, right? Like maybe this is just because I never grew up going to, you know, sit on Santa's lap and it was never a thing I did. But uh, I get it. Like, it's a cool, it's a fun thing. I get it. It's like a tradition. I'm not against the, the whole thing. But isn't it better if the kid's happy? Like, it's so sad. My, even though I know I'm about to get my son back. And so my son is, like, looking up at Santa, like, who the fuck are you? Crying. And he's not even a crier. And then he looks at me because I'm, like, the closest. He's like, Dad. Basically, he can't talk. But he's like, what are you doing, man? Like, grab me. So what are your guys' thoughts on Santa pictures with crying? Is that, is that funny to you guys? My wife thinks it's funny. I think it's kind of evil but uh the way my wife is with the the whole thing a little, little sadistic but uh anyways um let me see is there one more thing one more thing i gotta get off my chest and then we'll get to the monologue i'll do a monologue i'll crank one out i'll have to like look up some stuff and write out some quick jokes but one more thing i had to get off my chest before the monologue is i think and again you guys can get a hold of me give me your opinion the whole kevin hart 
being kind of like pushed out of hosting the Oscars is so dumb to me. And I'm not some huge Kevin Hart's my favorite comedian guy. I've met, I don't really know Kevin Hart. I met him a couple times when I did BET, he hosted and I, you know, met him that time. I've talked to him briefly at like the laugh factory a long time ago. Uh, so it's not like Kevin Hart even knows me. Right. So it's not like we're buddies or anything like that, but this it's ridiculous. And, And let me be clear the the tweets or whatever that he said like oh like he doesn't want his son to be gay and stuff like that is that is that something that i find funny no like i i grew up with like no homophobia in my house and everything so uh do i find that funny no do i find those kind of jokes funny no but i thought that was interesting because when people like look what he tweeted a long time ago i'm like he had a whole chunk in one of his specials and i haven't even watched all his specials or but i've just seen bits and pieces he had a whole chunk of a material where he's talking about how um, his little boys, they do gay stuff and how he stops it. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was like a whole, it, was, it wasn't like he was, it wasn't like this tweet was sent off and he was like, oh, I really regret that tweet, you know, when he sent it because it was malicious. Um, so know, my point is, is just like intent is what matters. I'm a comedian and sometimes people hear certain words and they think the joke is bad because they heard certain words. His joke, his material that he did on stage about it and his tweet, the joke is about him being insecure as a guy. And I think that after this all happened, I think he came out and even said this is what it was. But it's obvious to me because I'm a comedian. That's what's funny about it is that he's insecure as a man. uh, And so he's like scared about his kid being gay. Like, I don't think Kevin Hart hates gay people at all like if i had to bet all my money on it i'd be like i don't think this guy hates gay people and i would bet all my money on it and maybe i'd lose all my money but i really don't think kevin hart dislikes gay people i don't think he thinks gay people are less than him or anything like that which is which is wrong i think his his material is like the best like stand-up is usually like what's going on in our heads and the reason people laugh is because it's something a lot of people can connect with right like oh that's kind of something that goes on in my head you know what i mean so um, is it, is that t- even the standup that he did about it? Is that the stuff that makes me laugh? No. Do I think Kevin Hart is a bunch of other funny stuff? Yes. Do I think he's a funny guy? Yeah. Does he seem like a nice enough guy? Yeah. So, um, I just think it's weird because it's like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna find anyone to host the Oscars. And I have a thing on Twitter right now. If you guys do uh, have Twitter or something, go to my Twitter and retweet my tweet about me wanting to host the Oscars. Uh, cause I'll do it. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I think even, uh, you know, uh, Nick, I saw an article, I didn't read the whole thing, but uh, Nick Cannon, you know, came out and said, uh, you know, like, oh, look at what Chelsea Handler has tweeted against, you know, that with like using uh, a derogatory term for gay people. Look what Amy Schumer's tweeted. Look at what uh, Sarah Silverman's tweeted. So it's like, and it's not just for gay people, like Sarah Silverman and Amy Schumer and and I, and I know Amy, you know, like, I mean, we don't talk anymore, but like I used to know her. Uh, and everything and all that and she's a nice person it's like but she's tweeted a lot of stuff that's like really offensive she had a joke in one of her acts like i used to date puerto rican men but then i realized i like consensual sex i mean i mean is that okay like that she's basically she's making a joke obviously you know but she's a white woman saying oh puerto ricans are rapists it's like isn't that the same thing people hate trump about because he alluded that mexicans are i don't know it's just like there's too much uh too much is uh, going on with uh, th- that whole thing because you're not going to find anyone. And the thing that I find hilarious, and excuse my language coming up because I was brought up to not say this word at all. To me, is you know this is this is like the N word uh, in my family. But the uh, 
I saw an article right after Kevin Hart decided to step down. They said Eddie Murphy is who the Academy really wants next. Eddie Murphy, I'm sure a lot of you don't know, on one of his old albums, he had a track. The name of the track was Faggots. Again, excuse my language. That was the name of the track. Okay, then on another album, I don't know if it was the next album or a couple after, he had a track called Faggots Revisited. So, okay, Kevin Hart has a tweet that he's like, oh, I don't want my son to be gay if I can stop it. You know, in my opinion, poking fun at himself and his own insecurities. Eddie Murphy, and if you saw the material he did on one of his specials, was it Raw? Was it Raw or Delirious? The whole thing is just Eddie Murphy going, man, faggots be trying to fuck you. Uh, (laughs) I see you faggots right now looking at my ass. Like, whoa, you know? And I I think Eddie Murphy uh, apologized for that. Let's see, did this stop recording? Oh, my my screen went uh, dark. I thought it stopped recording. So I think Eddie Murphy apologized for that like in the 90s or something. But the point is, is, you know, when you're in the public eye, and especially when you're a comedian, and you're doing... By the way, Eddie Murphy's bit that was called that, I don't need to keep saying it, would murder. Like, the, the crowd at the time loved it. People were just dying laughing. So, you know, again, like, do it, does Eddie Murphy, does he hate gay people, or is he just trying to be funny? And I'll tell you a little hidden uh, secret about most comedians. When we do something on stage, we obviously think it's funny in the moment. Sometimes you say something and then you're like, oh, that wasn't funny, uh, even if the audience laughs. But most of the time, if you're getting laughs off something, you feed into it. You're like, oh, that's a new bit. Oh, I got really good. Re- I got a really good response on that. And then you feed off it. And I'm not saying it's always the right thing to do, but that is how people's brains work. You're, you're trying to be successful on stage. So when you say something that is successful, you kind of forget you know, maybe what you're saying, like I've, I've said things on stage that have gotten like off the cuff. I've said things off on stage that have made the whole crowd like explode with laughter. And as I said it, I was like, Oh my God, that like could have gone South. Like that could, I, I should not have said that, but it worked in the moment. And there's a lot of things I've said, like messing with the crowd that worked and, uh, people, um, you know, if it was on tape and taken out of context or whatever, could be pretty bad, but I'll still host the Oscars and take all the heat, whatever. Um, all right, I think that's it uh, for my my rant, my ramblings. Uh, and now let's do a little bit of the monologue. Why not? During a BBC TV interview, a small child appeared to have teleported onto the sidewalk. There's a term for this. Illegal immigration. <laughs> A Southwest Airlines flight was delayed five hours after someone forgot to unload a human heart. I thought the only heartless airline was Spirit. (laughs) A Santa Claus in St. Ives, England got in trouble when he thought the building was on fire, so he ripped off his beard, glasses, and hat and screamed, get the fuck out, around all the little kids. He was later seen dashing through the snow. This same Santa was the inspiration for the New Wave Christmas song, I Saw Mommy Being Pinned Down Against Her Will by Santa Claus. (laughs) Victoria's Secret model Kelly Gale jumped rope and did squats outside of the West Coast fast food chain In-N-Out, apparently attempting to fat shame the customers. Every man in the drive-thru was arrested for public masturbation. A 102-year-old Australian woman broke the record for oldest skydiver when she jumped out of a plane last Sunday. She didn't use a parachute, just her loose skin. (laughs) 
All right, guys, and now for a pretty easy segment that I can do from time to time, keep everybody up to date on what the president is tweeting. Uh, if anybody knows me, I don't like politicians one way or the other, so nothing political in this. I just think it's fun to read the tweet. So the last couple of days, here's what President Donald Trump has been tweeting. The Democrats and President Obama gave Iran $150 billion and got nothing but they can't give $5 billion for national security and a wall. Flotus Melania will be interviewed by at Sean Hannity tonight on Fox News at 9 p.m. E. I often stated one way or the other, Mexico is going to pay for the wall. This has never changed. Our new deal with Mexico and Canada. The USMCA is so much better than the old, very costly, and anti-USA NAFTA deal that just by the money we save, all caps, Mexico is paying for the wall. I never directed Michael Cohen to break the law. He was a lawyer, and he is supposed to know the law. It is called advice of counsel, and a lawyer has great liability if a mistake is made. That is why they get paid. Despite that, many campaign finance lawyers have strongly stated that I did nothing wrong with respect to campaign finance laws, if they even apply, because this was not campaign finance. Cohen was guilty on many charges unrelated to me, but he pled to two campaign charges which were not criminal and of which he probably was not guilty or even on a civil basis. Those charges, this is so much to read. <coughs> Those charges were just agreed to him in order to embarrass the president and get a much reduced prison sentence, which he did, including the fact that his family was temporarily let off the hook. As a lawyer, Michael has great liability to me. They gave General Flynn a great deal because they were embarrassed by the way he was treated. The FBI said he didn't lie, and they overrode the FBI. They want to scare everybody into making up stories that are not true by catching them in the smallest of misstatements. Sad. Witch hunt. If it was a conservative that said what crazed Mika Brzezinski stated on her show yesterday using a certain horrible term, that person would be banned permanently from television. She will probably be given a pass despite their terrible ratings. Congratulations to at Richard Grinnell, our great ambassador to Germany, for having the courage to take this horrible issue on. All right. That is a mouthful. That is not all the tweets. But that is enough. Um, all right, so that's a fun little segment, I think. I have fun doing it. Uh, keep you guys up to date on what the tweets are. And now, this is a little cheesy, uh, but I think it's kind of good. And I like to, I want to end on a positive note. So um, from now, from time to time, I'm going to put in a little, like, a little motivational speech video thing, audio that uh i like that stuff call me a dork call me cheesy but i think that stuff is good with the music in the background gets you going there's this guy david goggins he's a former navy seal and he has a great story so check him out look him up david goggins and here's a little bit of uh david goggins tell me if this does not put you in a good mood come on and again uh please uh hit subscribe rate five stars on the podcast and please tell a friend Again, I suck at social media, so if you could tag people and stuff, if you see it and you like it, just tag anyone you think might like it, and then they tag people, and that's how it happens, right? Because I'm just me over here, so you guys are uh, everything, so thanks. Appreciate you listening. Life isn't fair. It's not supposed to be. Life is not biased to anyone. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, gay or lesbian, 
rich or poor, life doesn't discriminate. Once you accept the fact that life is going to fuck you up in one way or another, you can start preparing for it. The right mindset is everything. It'll be the only thing that will get you through life. Having a can't hurt me mentality will always keep you in the fight. The body is truly amazing. It can handle almost anything you throw at it. It's the mind, the mind that is lacking. The mind, as I always say, is trying to find that easy way out. One thing important is that we all have these moments, these moments in time that either make you or break you, that can determine the rest of your life. The rest of your life can be determined by one simple decision. A lot of us give total control to life. We don't have any control of it. We just give all control to life. I do this shit every morning to prepare my mind for what life's gonna throw at me. A healthy body gives you a healthy mind. That's what it's about. So if you go into battle, you're not going about the right mindset, the right gear. In combat, you wear body armor. But what we do wrong is we don't strengthen our minds. You gotta strengthen your mind, take control of that. So then when you get out in the real world, they fuck you up, you got protection. I like to take these very quick fixes in life. We want the six-minute abs approach to life. Yeah. Nah, man. There's no permanent in that. Yeah. There's no permanent in that, man. There's no scarring. There must be scarring. Make a decision. The decision I make was to get up and keep on going. That one moment changed the rest of my life. Thanks for letting to my daddy.